Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking all about pets, all different kinds of pets, and we're going to talk about how they help our kids with anxiety and OCD. And in the second half of this episode, I'm going to talk to you about things that you have to look out for before you jump into getting a pet, or if you already have a pet, something to take note of. So let's talk about our furry friends and our not so furry friends that live in the water. Um, a lot of people have pets and somebody in the private Facebook group a long time ago did a thread on their animal and their child. It was something about how like their dog helped their anxious child. And everybody started sharing pictures of their kids with their animals. And it was, it was so uplifting. And I made a mental note because I have like an ongoing, I'm a very big list maker. So I have a list of, I have a lot of lists, (laughs) but one of my lists, um, include like ideas for podcasts and YouTube videos. And so as I was going through that thread, I like stopped and I went to my list and I said, we have to cover pets one time eventually, because it was so moving to see all of these kids laying there with all of these animals that were uplifting to them. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Okay. So I want to talk to you about why animals are good. So if you already have pets, this will help you know how to maybe utilize your pets in maybe a more productive way. And if you are on the fence and you're not sure about animals in your home, this might kind of weigh the pros and cons for you. So either way, it can be some helpful information. So let's get into the four different things that I want you to think about. So the first one is animals can really help people feel like they're not alone. And that is a really comforting thing for anxious kids in particular, more so than kids with OCD. Um, Although a lot of kids with OCD have a lot of anxiety issues that are separate. So if you have a pet, even as an adult, I know like my husband was away last night and, and so I was alone and having my dog, (laughs) it's going to sound very kind of very sad, but having my dog sleep with me made me feel really comfortable and secure. And I didn't feel alone. And I know, you know, she's only like, you know, 15 pounds and she's not going to really protect me. There was just something comforting about feeling like I had something or someone with me and kids will feel that even more so than we do. So I have a lot of kids who have sleep issues and the sleep issues are completely resolved when they have their dog or cat sleep with them. So that is a very big tool that can help. Um, We will go in, in the second half of this podcast to talk about the pitfalls of that and, and where there are some problems. But overall, I feel like having an animal follow your child around the house can be very comforting. Also, I know my son, he'll often be like, Uh, he'll talk to my dog and he'll have the dog come and follow him where he's going so that he doesn't feel alone. So I also use, and this isn't really part of my four, I probably should never just count four (laughs) because I always go on tangents, but 
Another thing that I do in therapy sessions is I use, um, animals as a way to, um, problem solve. So if kids are afraid of bad guys, we talk about, I use the pets. Sometimes I'll use dogs in particular, and I'll say, you know, you're safe, you know, you're safe because the doors are locked, or, you know, you're safe because, um, your dog would be barking its head off or your dog would be growling. Now, if you have a really yappy dog, that may not be a good approach, but um, I will use dogs as another good indicator that they're safe because we don't want to tell kids that you're safe because we're home. Your mom and dad are here. So we're here to protect you. Um, Even though that seems like a really good thing to say, it's saying that you one need to protect them from something. And two, they need to be near you in order to feel safe that's not what this podcast is about, but I just wanted to throw that in there. And, and you can use the dog as a better way because it's not really the dog's going to protect you, but it's like the dog's like a little mini alarm. So dogs can tell if something's going wrong and your dog, if your dog is sitting there and chilling out then things are probably okay. So it depends on your dog's personality. So there's a caveat there, but that is another tool that you can use for kids with anxiety. Because when kids have anxiety, I like them to play detective and look around their environment and find clues as to why they're safe or why something bad isn't going to happen. Okay. The second thing that I want to talk about with pets in general, not just dogs and cats, but this can be any, any animal, whether it's a turtle or a fish or a bird or a reptile, whatever your child is into, it can be very calming and Again, it depends on your animal's personality. We're going to get to that in when we talk about the cons of pets. (laughs) But uh, having some coping mechanisms around animals can be very helpful. In fact, I would have to say that the biggest, uh, most effective coping mechanisms that I see kids having in my practice are around their pets. And so it's one of the top five that they list when I say, what would help calm you down? And so when we're making a plan, you know, when I feel this way, these are the things I'm going to do to make myself feel better. Often, if they have an animal in their house, a pet is included. Well, I'll just go pet the dog for a little while, or I will just go watch my fish, or I'll just go and look at my bird. So animals are a very calming, grounding uh, presence, (laughs) most of them. So that is another way to use your animals, uh, Now you might have an animal and they might be calming for your child, but you've never framed it in that way. You've never said to your child, Hey, you know, you're safe tonight because the dog can sleep with you. Or you've never framed it with, Hey, you're feeling anxious. How about you go pet the cat for a little while? So you may have a lot of animals in your home and your child might be connected, but you're just not using that as a really effective tool to combat anxiety or OCD. We're going to go into the OCD component in a minute, but most kids with OCD have anxiety too. So this kind of speaks to all of you. The third thing that I feel like animals and pets do for us, they provide a great distraction. Now, if you've taken my online classes, I have online classes to teach you as a parent, how to help your child with anxiety or how to help your child with OCD or how to help your child with social anxiety. The social anxiety one is actually directly for kids or parents who have social anxiety. So that one's a little bit different, but if you've taken any of my classes 
or have listened to tons of my podcasts, you will know that I'm not really big on distraction. Your first go-to should not be, how can I distract myself from these OCD thoughts? Or how can I distract myself from these anxious thoughts? I talk a lot in my classes about red thoughts and green thoughts, and that you need to you know, fight these thoughts. And this is only anxiety. OCD, we don't fight thoughts. But I'm not going to go into all that here. My point is, once you've done that cognitive, behavioral reframing and attacking, (laughs) which we're not going to talk about today. You can go to my other podcast or you can take one of my online classes and dive into that. But once you've done that, once a child has done that, then you want them to refocus their attention on something else. I talk a lot about that in my therapy practice and in my classes. I say, you don't want to just sit there. I I have in my office, I have a cloud (laughs) that I made have you ever seen those on Pinterest? They're like really beautiful. They're like made out of cotton and there's like light inside of them and they, they glow. They're really beautiful. But if you look on Amazon, they're like really expensive. Like they're like $500 for this like cotton cloud. So I made one. Well, actually I bought one on Amazon. (laughs) Not like you really care. Right. But I bought one on Amazon for like seven bucks and then I had to make it. And so it's in my office And I have it on the ceiling so that when I talk to kids about anxious thoughts or intrusive thoughts, I want them to see it as a cloud that it's going to come and we're going to fight the cloud for a little while, not as much with OCD. And we're going to do our red thoughts and green thoughts only if it's anxiety, not if it's OCD. And then we're going to move away from the cloud. We're not going to just sit under the cloud and be rained on. That doesn't make any sense. So I don't like the word necessarily distraction because we don't want to distract ourselves from our anxiety or OCD. We want to face it, accept it, uh, reframe our thinking, and then we want to move on because we don't want to be this blank stage for our anxiety or OCD permanently. So I prefer the word, I guess, reset because we want to reset and refocus instead of redirect or distract. I guess distract is the word that I'm having a problem with, but it's semantics and who really cares. My point is your pets are a great reset. (laughs) That was a big introduction to that. My, my next point. So don't be afraid to, you know, after you have helped your child with their red thoughts and green thoughts, or did whatever we have talked about in lots of other episodes and definitely a lot in my online classes, then you want to say, okay, you're having a hard time. We don't really want to keep the worry channel on, you know, or the bossy channel on or whatever you call your anxiety or OCD. So why don't you go play with the dog or why don't you go play with your turtle? Um, so animals are a great refocus and because they're calming as well and they have a protective factor, some of them, it's like a double, triple bonus. So definitely have your kids use that as a refocus, as a calming and a reframing for their safety. The last benefit I want to talk about is how animals are actually really great exposure. So in my online OCD class, I have an entire chapter. Well, it's not really called a chapter. I have an entire lesson on exposure response prevention, ERP. I do, I do have a brief podcast on ERP as well. And I think a YouTube video directly for kids on what ERP is. And I think I have, 
a YouTube video for parents on ERP. I'm not sure, but you can find all that on my website at anxious toddlers teens.com. iTunes is not my friend right now. <laughs> I am currently having a problem with iTunes because my podcasts are not being picked up. So my feed for some reason is not being picked up by iTunes for a little while. They made me feel like an iTunes hypochondriac because they kept saying, we can see it. We can see it. I'm like, no, my episode 81 is missing. (laughs) And they're like, it's right here. And I would screenshot my iTunes. They would screenshot their iTunes. And so we were not simpatico, but this week they're like, yeah, your podcasts are not showing up and we don't know why. So that's annoying. Um, my podcasts are still on Stitcher and Google play, and they are always on my website. So if you are ever having a hard time finding an episode that I'm talking about, or you're like, Hey, it's Tuesday and I'm not seeing a new episode. I normally will warn you if for some bizarre reason, I'm not going to be doing a podcast because I do these religiously. Like it is, I'm a pretty anal person and I am a very, organized person, (laughs) sometimes to the detriment of me, but like most of the time it's a really good thing. And so I'm, I'm very dependable. So Tuesdays are always going to be a new podcast day. So if you're not seeing one, wherever you consume your podcast, go to my website at anxious toddlers to teens.com backs forward slash category forward slash podcasts, or just go to my main website at anxious toddlers to teens.com. At the very top, there is a button and it says podcast. Click that. You'll see all of them. And the, the latest ones will be there. And then you can scroll back and you can go as far back as you want, or you can go down to the search button and you can type in whatever theme you want. So anyway, I just wanted you to know that you can look up ERP because I'm going to talk about that right now. So animals are a wonderful natural exposure because I have a lot of kids in my practice who have OCD and they have a lot of either contamination around germs. So the fuzzy animals help in a lot of ways as I think about this, because I have had kids who are afraid of germs. And so they're afraid of the dog licking them. They might have harm OCD. And so they're afraid that if the dog licks them and they touch someone else, they're going to get people sick. They might worry about themselves. They might just have contamination OCD around germs. And so dogs are just full of germs. I also have a lot of kids who get concerned with the bum. And so dogs have a lot of pee and poop coming out of them. And so if the dog sits on them or moves near them, or if they touch the leash, these are all things I have had many, many kids in my practice have issues with so much so that I've had to bring in my leash and use that for an exposure with a lot of kids I've worked with because they see that as contaminated. Or I have kids who can't pick up the, the dog poop, although honestly, I don't like doing that either, but that would be an extreme exposure. But even just having the dog sit on them after they've taken a shower, I have that as a very common exposure for a lot of the kids I treat. So dogs are a wonderful tool and cats too are a wonderful tool in your exposures. You can incorporate them in your challenge ladder, in your hierarchy and um, daily exposures and natural exposures are happening all the time with your animal just being who they are. I've also had kids who have had contamination issues around 
like cleaning fish tanks because they think that there's bacteria and gunk. And so that becomes an issue. So a lot of issues come around our pets when it comes to contamination. And you can use those in a formal and informal way to do exposures because you want exposures to be kind of fun. And so if they love their animals and you say, you know, it's so sad, you're not even being able to hug your animals and you love them. Wouldn't it be great if we can crush your OCD by doing exposures and they're going to be more on board because the benefit of being able to love on their animals again would be great. So exposures for animals, very helpful. The other thing that helps for more of the anxiety kids or kids with OCD who have really obsessive thoughts about death and dying is the natural cycle of life with your animals. And so that's a great way. It sounds kind of morbid, but it is a great way to teach your kids about the cycle of life. Some people shy away from it because they feel like, you know, my kids can't handle it, but a dog or a cat research the longevity and the lifespan of the different animals that you might bring into your home. And we'll, we'll talk about that in the second half, but having kids learn how to cope with death can really prepare them long-term. If you have a sensitive kid, a kid who's very obsessed with death and dying, it seems like it'd be counterintuitive to bring something into your home that is very likely going to die before your child grows up, but it's better for them to learn through animals than for their first experience with death to be someone that they love in the human form. (laughs) So I also feel like that is really helpful for anxious kids. Okay, up next, I am going to talk to you before we go, just about, we talked about all the pros. I want to visit the cons and talk about some ways um, that having an animal can not be beneficial and some ways that you can get around that. All right, stay tuned. That's what's up next. This podcast is brought to you by Yumble. Are you ever so tired that you don't really feel like cooking? I honestly feel like that every day. And Yumble is a great solution because it is a subscription meal plan that's specially designed for kids. So meals can come delivered to your house and they are super healthy. They are filled with whole grains and superfoods and no added sugar, but it's also made in a really fun way. Chicken pops come on a stick and can be dunked. They have pizza cups and they even have activities like coloring sheets and mazes and collectible coins that you can redeem for prizes. My kids love that kind of stuff. So the cool thing is that Yumble is giving you a deal as a listener to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. If you go to yumblekids.com, that's yumble, Y-U-M-B-L-E, kids.com and enter the promo code parenting 30 that's parenting three zero. You will get 30% off your two week subscription. Pretty cool. You're listening to the AT parenting survival podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. Welcome back. Okay, so I want to talk to you just a little bit about some caveats that we want to make sure. So for starters, you want to make sure that you get the right fit. So just saying, hey, you know, pets are awesome. Go get a pet. Go run out and get a pet, you know, from a shelter right away that's not going to be a really good thing. (laughs) We tried that. 
we did that. And I really felt like we were doomed to never have animals because we have had a really bad run at my house. We, um, we, we got these kittens and then, uh, they had a disease. And so we got these two sisters and then one died within eight months and we couldn't prevent that. So that's just a side note that that was very traumatic for my kids, but we had a lot of conversations around death and around dying and the process of life and living. And there was a big learning curve on that, but that really wasn't my point. (laughs) My point is we did get a dog from a shelter and it was a big dog and it was so overwhelming that my miss six completely stopped eating because she was at eye level with this dog. And even though the dog was not aggressive and was very friendly, she was at eye level with a very big dog. So can you imagine having this creature be at eye level with you as a, you know, an adult, it would be overwhelming and intimidating. And if you had anxiety on top of it, that's not going to always go well. So she stopped eating because she thought that when she ate, the dog would come over, which the dog would. And it became very, very disruptive because on the third day I was, you know, she, she hadn't eaten much at all. And she was terrified all the time. And she was in fight or flight mode all the time. So you want to really make sure that you have a good match. Um, If you can, you know, foster a dog or foster a cat or foster a pet first, or try to borrow one of your friends, dogs or cats and, and, and really get to know the personality of the animal that you're bringing into your home. Because I can tell you as an anxious adult, we had a few dogs that came into our home when we were just trying out the idea of pets and they were overwhelming to me. The one dog, the shelter dog that we had that where my daughter just completely stopped eating and my son freaked out all the time too. Um, he was so overwhelming to me (laughs) because he was peeing and pooping all over the house. And then he ate half our stair. Like literally, I'm not even exaggerating. Like he ate through the wood and our stair was gone. So we actually had to have someone come in and um, like restructure our stair. So I was feeling very on edge and I like a very calm, relaxed environment. And this dog was like, my eye was like shaking (laughs) because I was so unstable because it was just so disruptive all the time. So that's an example of a completely horrible fit. Luckily we were able to find someone else to have this dog, but it just was a horrible fit and it made my children's anxiety 10 times worse. And it actually made my anxiety worse. So you want to get a good fit for us. We found that getting a really tiny dog was the best. And so we rescued this really tiny dog and, um, the place that we rescued allowed us to have her for a few days. And then they said, if it's not a good fit, please let us know and, and bring her back. And so you want to find a place that maybe will let you foster the child, foster the child. (laughs) My dog feels like my child foster the pet for a little while, if possible. I know that's not always possible, but you really don't know until you're into day two or day three, whether this is going to be a good fit for your kids, because it could either be so triggering for your child's anxiety that it's not worth it or so triggering for their OCD that it's not worth it. Or it could be like this amazing, uh, amazing addition to your family. Our little one (laughs) is an amazing addition. She is awesome. She's a protector. 
Um, she's loving. She loves all the kids. They love her. She's smaller than them. And so they don't feel intimidated by her. And she nips a little bit, but they got used to it because it's all in a loving way. And because she's so small, she doesn't scare them. And it's obvious that she loves the kids and it's obvious that she wants to protect them. And so that's very comforting for them. And so it has been a wonderful asset to our family. So if my kids are upset, the dog automatically goes up to the child that's upset. And the cool thing, kind of weird, but cool is when I'm angry and I'm not being a beautiful mom, I am being like mamazilla, which I have a lot of ugly moments. And last night I was actually really upset. (laughs) This is so stupid. I was really upset because my podcast is not, you know, being picked up. And so iTunes sent me this email with, uh, something that was not even English. They're like, so if you, if you blah, blah, blah stream, and if, do you use a, and I don't even understand what they were saying. It was like completely tech talk, which I have zero. I need an assistant. I have no tech assistant. I have nobody. So I was getting very frustrated because then I was trying to talk to my host on my website. Anyway, you don't need to know all this. All you need to know is that I was being very ugly. I was snapping at my kids because I was angry and trying to figure out this computer problem. And my dog was biting me. Like she like nips at me when I am losing my cool. And it is a wake up call because whenever I feel her like biting at me, I know that she's telling me that I'm out of control, (laughs) which is kind of helpful and kind of annoying, but it is good. It's good. So make sure that you get the right match. Our dog is perfect because she tries to keep me calm. She tries to protect the kids and their anxiety is so much better because of her. The last thing I want to mention as another con. So the the biggest con is getting the right match, because if you're not going to have a good match, it's just, it actually can really do more damage to your child's anxiety or OCD. So don't jump into something. Don't commit to something until maybe you can explore it really, really, really well. And then know that it'll be a good thing. My last con is a lot of times in typical parenting, we'll say to our kids, you know, you can have a pet and it's going to teach you responsibility. And you really don't want to necessarily have that mentality initially when you're getting an animal for an anxious kid or a kid with OCD. Because for starters, if you have a child with OCD, they may not want to do any of the pet duties right away. See what I did there? <laughs> I said duties. Uh, yeah, I'm very mature. But you you don't want to jump into it right away as a responsibility. You want to shape it more as an exposure. So for instance, if let's say your kid gets a dog and they have contamination issues with OCD, or they're, they're anxious and maybe just poop disgust them more than the average kid. Well, then you don't want to say like, this is your dog. And you, if you want to have a dog, you have to pick up their poop. I wouldn't do that. That's like setting yourself up for one, a lot of battles and two, it's not fair to your kid. So like if I was afraid of needles and someone was like, Hey, you're going to be a nurse and you're going to like poke people all day. Like that's not really the best chore or task for me. So, um, but you'd want to phrase it like down the road, we can do exposures and maybe don't even mention that when you first get your animal, but if you're going to use the animal for exposures, then you might say, Hey, let's do an exposure at my house. We call them challenges. Let's take a challenge. And how about you pick up the poop? Um, but you wouldn't do that right away. You'd work with the therapist or you would build up your own, um, challenge ladder. Like I talk about in my online class, how to build your challenge ladder, how to do your exposures. And you would use your animal that way. 
If your child doesn't have contamination or OCD issues, but they're an anxious person, you may not want to put more on their plate right now. My kids all have anxiety and we don't do a lot of extracurricular activities right now because I feel like their anxiety requires a lot of downtime. And so like my kids right now are in, they're normally doing one thing per week. So they're in therapy once a week. Well, actually we rotate. So I guess every other week for my kids and because I'm their mom, so I can't really be their therapist. I like them to have a warm, cozy place to go and talk to somebody other than me. And guess what? Their therapist has a dog in her office, which is another wonderful thing. I wish I could bring my dog into my therapy, but ironically, she's so anxious (laughs) because I don't know, like anxiety just gravitates towards me. So yeah, my animal is super anxious and she's afraid of people. And so she would not be a good therapy dog, but my kids love their therapy dog. They love their therapist, but they love the therapy dog just as much. So that just goes to show you how animals are used in such a wonderful way. So they're in therapy and they are currently doing chess club. It's a new thing. And my son is loving chess and I don't know how to play chess. So I need to figure out how to do that. Or he can just play with his sister. That's why I put them both in chess club. They can play each other, but that's pretty much it. They're not doing anything else right now. And so even to get them to do some household chores, sometimes it's overwhelming for them because of their anxiety. And it's not because they're lazy because when my son is feeling good and he's not anxious, he loves to help. And so he's like, he is actually out there cleaning the poop because he doesn't have contamination around poop. He loves to clean up the poop in the backyard. For some reason, he loves to clean the windows. So, but I, I don't often have like um, a daily chore for them because it's too overwhelming because of their anxiety, but I want to teach them responsibility. So you have to gauge your child's, uh, level of anxiety or OCD. And do you really want to add this responsibility and say, you have to feed the animal and you have to water, you know, give them water and you have to clean up after them. And, um, I, I wouldn't tie responsibility to the pet initially, uh, as they get older. Now my miss 14, she has a cat. And really the cat and the dog don't like each other. And I don't really feel like it's fair to the cat to live with this dog where they're very territorial, but she loves this cat and she wants to keep the cat. The cat stays in her room and the cat stays upstairs and her anxiety is completely in check. And she's, you know, in high school and I'm trying to teach her responsibility. So she is responsible for the cat, the cat's food, the cat, kitty litter, anything related to the cat. That's her responsibility because her anxiety can handle that. So you want to gauge your child's level of stress. And if you're going to bring an animal into the world, into your house, I would be very cognizant of not adding responsibilities to an anxious child to push them over the edge. So you have to, you have to kind of gauge where they're at as well. Okay. Well, I hope all that makes sense. And I hope that you have animals that you're like, Hey, I'm going to start using them a little bit more to either um, help them with their anxiety or do exposures with their OCD. And if you don't have a pet, hopefully maybe I opened up your eyes to the benefits of having one. If you find the right one, if you're enjoying my podcast, if you can hit a star on iTunes, even though iTunes and I are like having a fight, we'll make up. So if you can click a star on iTunes that shows your support for the show, or if you can take 10 seconds of your day and write a review, I so appreciate that. And to show my appreciation at the end of each episode, I like to read one that was left.
So iPad guy wrote, so informative and engaging. Just started listening to your podcast and I'm loving all the tips and tricks you share. Now I'm only wishing you were still accepting new patients so that I could bring my little one in to learn from you. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and experiences. Thank you for leaving a review. I really appreciate that. And even though I can't be in everyone's community and I can't take new patients, that's why I do online classes so that everything I say to the kids that I work with and the parents I work with, I just record it and I make videos and I teach you so that um, I can have a bigger reach and I can help people who don't have access to those resources. So if you are looking for some online support, check out one of my online classes and you can go to anxioustoddlers.teachable.com. Um, no www, just anxioustoddlers.teachables.com. And you can check out my classes. I have one on anxiety, one on OCD and one on social anxiety. And I'm about to make a zillion mini classes, which I'm very excited about. And my first one is going to be how to handle difficult behavior. Dun, 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 dun with kids with anxiety and OCD. So keep an eye out. That will be coming in probably November. I'm working on it right now. Okay. Don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. And I will talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.